0: Is this all there is? Or, you know, midlife is this great period of introspection. If, mm-hmm. we, if we do it right yeah. and allow ourselves the space <laughs> to actually think that and not everyone does, but yeah. hopefully this will help. It's kind yeah. of really like the book is in three parts and it is all about the first part is all about getting clear. Yeah. So whether you're 25 or 55, you still get to think about what you want this next phase of your life to be like. Mm. And that's, so this is how we get clear. This is how we reconnect. The first chapter is literally called, um, know what kind of eggs you like. And it's, it's really for those people who have ever looked in the mirror and thought, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. That happens sometimes as we over identify with the role of being a parent or, uh, whatever you do for your work, you know, being a CEO or whatever you're doing. Yeah you over identify with one or more of your roles and then you look in the mirror one day and you're like, I don't, I don't even recognize you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, and I know that that happens, you know, empty nest syndrome brings that on all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I I know a lot of moms who are all of a sudden like, wait a minute, my, I organized activities. I chauffeured, I made sure dinner was ready every day at five. And it's like, now what do I do? You yes. know, and you get, yeah. you really get to do a little bit of thinking and, and now face to really figure out, okay, how am I going to contribute? That's one of the things that normally happens with midlife introspection is we want to know, we want to contribute to the planet in more meaningful ways. And now we have time because we're not doing all the things that we yes. used to do. Is this all there is? Or, you know, midlife is this great period of introspection. Mm-hmm. If we if we do it right and allow ourselves the space to actually think that and not everyone does, but hopefully this will help. It's kind of really like, the book is in three parts and it is all about, the first part is all about getting clear. So whether you're 25 or 55, you still get to think about what you want this next phase of your life to be like. And that's, so this is how we get clear. This is how we reconnect. The first chapter is literally called, um, know what kind of eggs you like. And it's, it's really for those people who have ever looked in the mirror and thought, I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. That happens sometimes as we over identify with the role of being a parent or, uh, whatever you do for your work, you know, being a CEO or whatever you're doing. Yeah you over identify with one or more of your roles. And then you look in the mirror one day and you're like, I don't, I don't even recognize you. (laughs) Um, so, and I know that that happens, you know, empty nest syndrome brings that on all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I I know a lot of moms who are all of a sudden like, wait a minute, my, I organized activities. I chauffeured, I made sure dinner was ready every day at five. And it's like, now what do I do? you yeah. know and you get yeah. you really get to do a little bit of thinking and and now face to really figure out okay how am i going to contribute that's one of the things that normally happens with midlife introspection is we want to know, we want to contribute to the planet in more meaningful ways and now we have time because we're not mm-hmm. doing all the things that we yes. used to do
1: well welcome to another episode of thriving through menopause And it's so great to invite back a previous guest to come and share really fantastic stuff that's going on with her business and how she is really serving you out there with what she does. So welcome back, Lisa Z.
0: Thank you so much, Clarissa. I'm so happy to be here. I know that we had a great chat um, the last time I did a podcast episode with you, and I'm super happy to be back and looking forward to sharing some great information with your listeners.
1: I know. And for those who don't remember that episode, Lisa is a coach. She is an author, a speaker, and I know that happiness and mindset are
0: front and central, if I'm right, Lisa, to what you do. That mindset is Everything it really is. I, I talk um, in my book and in the articles and blog posts and things that I've written about having your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual resources at their best all the time, and how to how to find balance. You know, if you're not paying attention to your spiritual self, then that's out of whack, and then everything else becomes much more stressful. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm very happy to be back.
1: It's great. And in that time, you have written this book, Get What You Want. What inspired you, Lisa, to write this book?
0: Um, it, it's a little bit of a funny story that happened in a McDonald's drive-thru, to be honest, which is, you know, they're, they're everywhere. So I'm guessing that, you know, all of your listeners will know what that is. Yep. And it was handed to me by a 12-year-old so then 12 year old she's an adult now so we were going through this mcdonald's drive through my son had a learning disability so going through school was difficult and sometimes excruciating for him to be honest mm-hmm. and all week long if he worked really hard i went through the mcdonald's drive through and i gave him um i would get him what he wanted which was a chicken mcnugget happy meal with a chocolate milk did this every friday night because the kid worked really hard and that's i wanted to just Boost him and keep going. So um on the one night my daughter, who was twelve at the time, happened to be with me and I handed her this bag of happiness and she looked in it and she's like, Mom, this isn't chicken nuggets. And I said, Okay, well, are the French fries in there that, you know, and the chocolate milk? And she said, Yeah, but this isn't chicken nuggets. She's like, and I had already pulled to the end of the away from the window. And she's she's like, Mom, go park the car and go in and get what you ordered. And I thought, no, I have chicken nuggets in the freezer, I'll just make them. And she looked at me like I had three heads, like (laughs) crazy. And she's like, mom, she's like, pull around into the parking space. I'll go in and I'll get what you paid for and what you want. Why would you go home and make frozen chicken nuggets? And I, I metaphorically scratched my head. She goes in five minutes later, not even five minutes later, she bounds back out with fresh French fries the chicken nuggets and an ice cream cone for herself for her troubles. And I thought, okay, how did I get to this place? You know, I overcame a traumatic childhood. You know, I clawed my way through undergrad and grad school, worked in the corporate world. Like, how did I get to this place where I'm not even advocating for the, the prize that my kid works for a <laughs> whole week long? Yeah. And I thought, okay, if, I could get there, then other women surely can too. And that's literally how the book came about.
1: Wow. Well, I that's know it. so many people can relate to that, that we'd we'd sort of go, Oh no, I won't, I'll put up with
0: it. Yeah. And it's, and it's like strange. It's strange, but it's true. And it's, you know, I it's you kind of know, like you get into mom mode, and I was working in corporate America at that time, like I had a big time job and you know it was one thing to get to a place where i might not be advocating for all of my own needs but it had trickled down to not even advocating for this kid that worked so hard all week yeah. and i thought okay girl th- if this is happening to you it's happening to everybody else what are we going to do about it and i kind of you know i i restructured but that was literally the basis for the book i started you know just jotting notes Um, The chapters actually came to me, I woke up, there were originally were 36 chapters because there will be two books. This is the first of the two. And the chapter titles literally came to me in my sleep. I mean, the book, the book asked me to write it basically, (laughs) you know, Um, and I honor the process and write everything down. And I, there's a lot of research that went into it too. So it took a lot of time um, reading journal articles and figuring out what science says about this and things like that. Um, and then just a lot of really practical advice, and there may also be um, light swearing and cocktail references. So you know, it's but it's I, a book yeah. that you, <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that girlfriends will read this together and like really like build each other up and be like, oh my gosh, did you do that chapter? You know, it turns out I don't actually like eggs at all or anything that comes out of the back end of a chicken. You know, yeah. it's. That's what I want people to do. Like, I, I had two, two original goals for the book. Hope, if I, can, if I can restore hope in women, and connection. I wrote the book. I, I had editors and publishers tell me, this is way too conversational, Lisa. You know, you've, gotta, you've got to, some of it, it's going to seem trite. It's going to get lost. And I thought, nah, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my own publishing company, and I'm going to publish it the way that I envision it, which is exactly what I did. Um, because I wanted it to be conversational. I wanted it to be like, I wanted the reader to feel like she is hanging out with me and our girlfriends and we're having cocktails and we're talking about life. We are talking about midlife and yeah. <laughs> all the challenges that it, yeah. that comes with it and what we're going to do with, what we're going to do about it. Like, you know, empowering and inspiring and, yeah. and then there's exercises so they can compare notes.
1: I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit more because you and I were talking beforehand and you talked about the book being in three parts and they yes. sounded really inspiring. And just, you know, a little bit more about the three bits and, and how they fit together.
0: Right. Well, the book is called Get What You Want. And it I it came to me as kind of a mathematical formula, um, you know, and without scaring anyone off who do, who doesn't like math. It's really just addition. It's simple addition. If you get clear plus get real, plus get going. You will get what you want. It's really, so what get clear means is reconnecting with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that section of the book is all chapters that are designed to reconnect you with yourself, whether you're in a new phase of life or, you know, you've had a change, whatever has caused you to, you know, really need to reconnect with yourself, the exercises are in there. Um, then once you start putting some of your puzzle pieces together, you've got to figure out, well, okay, what needs to change? What and who needs to go? Yep. And I mean, it, it could be setting boundaries around people that are currently in your life, if not ditching mm-hmm. them altogether. Yep. What do you, what do you need to change to get to this new place that you now know that you want to go? Yep. Um, and so the chapters in that section of the book that's what they address. That's all exercises on setting boundaries and not feeling guilty about it and, you know, things like that. Um, And then the third, the third section is called get real because, or I'm sorry, get going because realistically all of this planning without action will lead you nowhere. You you can, you can get everywhere you want to go by small steps, but you must actually take small steps. And so that's, that's practical advice to just take the first step. And it's, it talks about doing one thing that scares you, you know, for somebody, uh, it may be putting on lipstick. It may, you may even have to start smaller than that. Maybe you get these really sexy polka dot undies and nobody but you knows that you're wearing them, but you know, you're wearing them, you know, just change one thing. And then you feel the energy and the power from that thing. And it, it prompts you to do another one. And so, you know, I'm not the information in the book is kind of um it's obviously narrative, but it's it's practical advice so that you know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of the information out there, and I read a ton of self-help books, um, but a lot of the information tends to be global and you finish the book and you're like, well, I still don't know how to do that. Yeah. You know, no. this was all great. It felt good while I was reading it. I have no idea how to change my life now. No. So yeah, I this is this is this is different. This is You got to be prepared to do homework.
1: (laughs) But that's what's so great when we actually take action on what we read because, you know, Lisa, we spend so much time, like you said, reading all this stuff till we're overwhelmed and then we're still stuck.
0: And then we're still stuck. And this is, and I designed the book. So there's 14 chapters in the first book. There will be about 14 in the one that's going to come out um, next year you know, there'll be another 14 in there to just, we build the first layer, we do the really practical stuff and then we keep going so that we don't lose momentum. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the book is by design so that with the 14 chapters in the first book, if you even only do the work in one or two of them, you will feel a difference. You will change your life. So, you know, it's, I, I wrote the chapters as, you know, bite-sized finger sandwiches because I don't want to be overwhelmed when I'm reading things, you know, and nobody else does either, and we're all busy. Um, the one bit of advice that I, I did take from um, editor, an editor and a publisher was to write in, in bite-sized bits, which I agree because That's how I like to read things too. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's very true. But getting clear, that's at the start there. I mean, that's very, I think, very, very relevant for the listeners here, because so much has is changed. So yeah, yeah, I mean, right. And maybe if you'd offer some, you know, maybe advice or a little bit about this is a you know, we're getting clear about. What we want and how we want things to be yeah
0: right yeah. so I kind of think of it as life is a life's a puzzle and throughout life you put pieces of your puzzle together. As you get to midlife, you can actually step back and kind of look at it and start to see a picture. Mm-hmm. So getting clear is um, like I said the first exercise the first chapter is called Know what kind of Eggs you Like. And it's really about, it's something as simple as like, okay, well, in this phase of your life, what kind of eggs do you like? And it's, (laughs) it's taken from a movie, Runaway Bride with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, but it's really about going all the way back. Like, what do you, if you were things that the chapter talks about is like, well, if you were on a date with yourself and you weren't reading anything that pertained to your work and you weren't reading about a diet, right? Midlife (laughs) problems. What? what would you read while the smoke and hot cabana guy brings you fruity drinks? Like, what would you be reading? You'd be surprised. I, I, I asked that cli- that question to clients. Um, I had a, I had midlife clients and I asked that question to them and you'd be surprised how many of them don't know. Like, oh, she took a diet, she took diet books and weight loss books off the table and I can't read anything pertaining to work. Well, I don't know. Uh,
1: so and I that's thought really pertinent and that sort of tells us where our, Sometimes how much our life can have narrowed by the time we get here, because we're so absorbed, as you said, with our, you know, with our families, with our work. And, oh, is there, is there more to life?
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you were just going out with yourself, what would you wear? Where would you go? If you didn't have to consider anybody else's opinions or be agreeable, Mm. where would you go? what would you wear that just makes you happy? It has nothing to do with anyone else. What would you wear? So that kind of thing is in there. Um, Chapter two talks about strengths. I took a a thing from my corporate world called the SWOT, Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, Mm -hmm. and Threats Analysis, and I applied it to life because really life is a business. We're all entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Life is a business. So we talk in there, it talks about, you know, um, and it's not your traditional, oh, use your strengths kind of thing. Okay. It really talks about a, a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And how to seize opportunities without feeling guilty about it. And really, like, pay pay attention to what are your threats. Pay attention to what's in your environment that could disrupt where you want to go. Yes. And then um, chapter three is really all about ditching the negative self-talk. It's about how we have 80,000 conversations in our head every day. And they, the research estimates that 50 to 80% of those are negative yep. shit talk about ourselves. And it's like, well, how do I ever get out of bed then? I wonder if I've got issues, you know, kind of thing. And so yeah. Yeah. that really, and that's practical advice. There's, there's an exercise in there to catch yourself doing it, ground yourself in the knowledge, okay, I did it again. And then using a mental stop sign to effectively and then replace it to replace it with something better
1: Um, That's so amazing that we just think that most of our conversation is negative and and it's
0: how in the world do we function? How do how do we ever move forward? Right exactly. Um, so there's practical ways. It's a process. I kind of developed called um, refute Wait (laughs) <laughs> I blanked out for a second. I blanked, out. I blanked out for a second. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. But then we have a letting go ceremony for mental rejection orders. You know, the next chapter is all about letting go. Yeah. And it's recognize, refute, replace. Sorry, it came back to me. <laughs> And so that's what we do with the negative, negative talk. We recognize exactly what we're saying to ourselves. We refute it by finding proof that it is true or proof that it isn't true. If it's not true, you can't keep saying it. And then we replace it with something better. And then in the next chapter, we have a formal letting go ceremony for us mental rejection hoarders. We get, we get bits, you know, I, I ceremoniously burned all the rejection letters I had from publishers and you know, rejecting my work and telling me why they didn't think it fit with their list and things like that. And, and it's, that's okay. But like, there's no need to hang on to that.
1: No. And I think we all have things we can do, whether that's clearing the clutter, clearing out clothes we don't wear, Yes. whatever. I mean, we all have things like that, that we look at them and we go, they don't belong here anymore.
0: Right. That's right. And, and, you know, if you grew up in a, with a poverty mindset, kind of like I did, we were really poor growing up, um, you know, you may cling to things because that poverty mindset's always sitting there in the back of your mind. And so you just hold on to things because what if I'm poor again? I may need that. No, this is, this is putting yourself in a, be- a better mental space.
1: And I can relate to that very strongly because my mother hoarded everything. And systematically after over the last sort of 10 years, I have re- got rid of all that. And the stuff that's left, I look at it and think, well, what would happen if, it, if I got rid of it? Nothing would happen. I would just let go of things that I I don't use. And some of the others have said, what the hell yeah. are they sitting in a cupboard for? Get them out and use them. And if they break, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Don't save your China for a special occasion. No. No. Today is a special occasion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, I, I learned one thing um, early on is that you never know how many days you get and how many days the people around you get. Mm-hmm. And every day needs to be magical. Yes.
1: Yes. I love that. So that, that is very much the getting clear part, isn't it?
0: It is yeah and it, when we get real we do all kinds of fun things um chapter eight is about regaining wonder um which i call you know seeing the world through the eyes of a child while still being able to drink jack daniels and swear like a sailor <laughs> you know
1: i love, so we go, I love that vision <laughs>
0: yeah we go through really fun things there and we do we do some some cool things in there like we rewrite your story you know, your history is not your future story. No. We, we, we tend to get really entrenched in what has happened. It's a protective mechanism the brain does. The brain's always on alert trying to protect you from future, you know, challenging events like the ones it's already experienced. And this is a way for you. And I, I tell everyone to write it down because, and if you haven't written four pages, keep keep going and things will come to you and write it all down but design what you want your future stories. you know mm. your fairy godmother isn't coming we're midlife if she was coming she'd already come yeah, yeah so it turns it turns out you're your fairy godmother you know and you get to decide and then we do things like we throw a coming out party So we, we come out as the person that we're moving into. I did that with um, shifting from corporate world and psychology world to, I'm going to be a writer. And I came out at a family dinner as a writer and, you know, I expected questions and, and my family being completely supportive the way they were is like, okay, of course you are. But you know, doing that got me literally got me out of the closet and made me work very hard because now I had announced it to everybody and I'm going to I'm thinking well okay now at the next family dinner they're going to be like so what are you writing and yeah. I I literally had an article published within a month because I didn't want to let them down and I didn't want to embarrass myself and I didn't want to seem like I wasn't working on it and I also felt really inspired I was inspired you know it's like okay Well, yeah, I am this (laughs) and I have literally never looked back, but there's, there's things like that in, in the get real section. And it also talks about, you know, just really giving yourself permission. And if, you know, it talks about things like if you don't, don't pull the audience, you know, don't ask everybody else's opinions about where you're going, who you're becoming, what you're going to do you know, don't ask for opinions because everyone has them. And some people that are close to you may not be your cheerleaders and your champions. Sometimes people show up with their own baggage. And so they're looking at what you're doing through their baggage and they may not be able to be there for you, or they may feel like they need to protect you. And they think that what you're embarking on sounds dangerous. Just stick with what you know, girl, you know, and I'm, I'm telling them, no. But also, like, don't poll the audience. You know, like if oh, no. you don't want their opinions, don't ask.
1: No. <laughs> and, and they and will give
0: you them. And that, sometimes they expect you to take their opinions.
1: Yes. I think you see that a lot with with women. and And I think both things I've seen come out on the Facebook space and among people that I know, and they're saying, "Why don't my friends and family you know buy from me in my new business? Well, you know why should they? Maybe, maybe Right. They're, but, you know, and I think we have this feeling that they should be behind us. And yes, there's constant polling. What do you think about my logo? What do you think about that? You know, do you like it? Are you passionate about it? And it's getting exactly over the need to, to, to when you come out, you have to say, Well, this is what I'm doing. This is me. I own right. this space. If it goes wrong, well, we have to rework it. But, but yeah, that's 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 a big piece that you're doing there because I think a lot of women are held back by feeling that we're constantly seeking approval for the thing we do
0: right but that's that tends to be what we did our whole lives so it's normal that we continue to do that but then we realize it hasn't necessarily got us where we wanted to go i i talk to people all the time and it's like well i checked all the boxes but i'm still not happy mm. maybe you checked the wrong boxes <laughs> you know i mean it's uh, yeah. we and we all do it we all do it i i went to undergrad and grad school for business worked in the corporate world and realized within, you know, in less than 10 years that uh, I was miserable. I, I wasn't changing the world in any way. The people that I worked with were surly and pessimistic. That's not me at all. You know, and it was just like, oh girl, what did you do? You picked something that you just happened to be good at and yeah. don't love this at all. And somebody else was watching my babies all day, oh. you know, so.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah and the other thing that i emphasize in this um and i emphasize it throughout the book rather than in one of the sections is it's never you're not too old it's not too late you're not too poor you're not too tired you know you can't get enough sleep when it's your soul that's tired and when you start to really reconnect with yourself figure out what you want this next phase to look like you feel this energy that you didn't have before, and it has nothing to do with sleep. It's just alignment, you know, to be honest. It's like, okay, this is who I am. This is who I want to become. You know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want the next phase of my life to look like. It literally doesn't matter that I'm starting over. I will do it. I will get the knowledge I need. It's inspiration. Inspiration is what takes you there.
1: Yeah, I think that's really beautiful because that sense of being really clear and real, they're huge steps. And I think right. and I think, when we hit midlife, a lot is changing around us, which means that we really need to do this because we, we've changed physically. Right. We are changing um, psychologically. I mean, how we feel about ourselves and things in our, right. in our world. And then the society has a, a weird warped view about us that isn't necessarily us. <laughs>
0: Right. Mm. It's so true. And so this is, I, I forgot, I wanted to, I did want to mention this because one of the things that we don't realize that happens with midlife is that I, our sense of how we feel fulfilled and how we feel significant in the world changes. Mm. Um, as we age, our, you know, the, our culture's idea of beauty fades. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't agree with that, but it is how we were perceived, you know, you can no longer identify with being beautiful in the, in the culturally acceptable ways, and you may, you know, be retiring, you may, all the things that happen with aging, you know, you, you have to find a new sense of significance, and I will tell you that it's one of, it's, as important as any of Maslow's basic human needs. Yes. Yeah. You need to feel significant. You need to, your life needs to feel like it has meaning. You need to feel like you have a place at the table. And when you aren't identifying, the way that you formerly did as you know someone who goes to work every day someone who was beautiful someone who did this someone who was a mother yes. you have to replace that significance with something mm-hmm. that's a lot of the depression and anxiety that happens when we retire when the kids leave home you yeah. know or when we shift yeah. you lose a job you face an illness all of a sudden you realize okay my mm-hmm. sense of significance and they wouldn't articulate it as that necessarily but my oh, sense no. of significance has shifted yes it's it's important that we find ways to replace it.
1: I agree. It's literally
0: the antidote to depression in middle age.
1: Yeah, or def- one of one of them. One of them, and I think definitely there is this there is this sense. And I and I actually came up in a conversation. I I gave a talk, and one of the women asked about losing your power based looks. And I think a yeah. lot of women have had a lot of power, particularly in the workplace, if you happen to be yeah. exceptionally attractive. And right. And what happens when that isn't the same? And that's not to say we're right. not attractive. We're still beautiful. We're even more beautiful, but not by the standards right. for which that was judged before. Right. That, that for me is similar to what you're saying is then what is the significance? What is the, your place, your meaning? Right.
0: Um, and the thing that's really important is that it has to come from within. If you re-identify with your sense of significance, you teach other people how to treat you. So when you walk in the room as a beautiful, stylish, if that if that's your thing, older woman and you exude that, people will respond to you that way. So in the book we talk about how to really build that up so that you show up as the person that you want to be mm-hmm. however she is. Whoever she is. Maybe she colors her hair, maybe she goes gray, maybe she you know is super stylish with the beautiful scarves and things like that. But it's, it's owning whoever you are not hiding. Don't, don't take the loss of significance that you're feeling and retreat into the background because somebody will take your place. Oh yes. You know, and and that's
1: what traditionally what women have often done. Right. Is that has been the path. And I think this is the new conversation that, that women are having that society's view of how they should be doesn't matter right. how they feel and want to be uh, and right. there's this there's a sort of tension I think
0: right and you can either retreat and feel anxious and depressed and sad and get sucked under that wave or you can say nope this is this is who I'm gonna be it's it's so important and I've, I've worked with so many women who are dealing with these issues, and I want them to feel empowered and em- and powerful and embrace who they are, because when you walk wherever you when you walk into a room as someone who's proud of who you are, people don't care what you're wearing or whether your hair is gray or not gray. They don't. They respond to who you are. Make eye contact with them. There's actually there's a workshop on my website, um, f- and there's there's blog posts and things like that. But there's a workshop. I also created. I've been really busy in 2020. I don't know. This pandemic <laughs> and quarantine has worked for me. I've finished all sorts of projects. But um, there's a workshop on my website called "Unleash Your Inner Badass," and it's literally 30 days to a more confident you. And I wrote it. I created it for midlife people because mm-hmm. midlife women, in particular. I, I, I've I've heard your other clients say this too or your other um, guests say this about how she's had a few men that have come to her, but mostly she works with women. And the same is true for me. Like I've, I've had a few men as clients and who, you know, buy my books and buy my book and read my stuff and, and follow me on social media, but mostly women. But this workshop is really for women to become, be their most confident selves. And there's, it's 30 days, obviously there's exercises to do every day, but they're bite-sized, Yeah, Yeah. you know, and it's, it's a do it DIY, do it yourself. So they can pace it according to their busy life or, you know, their own schedules. But every day is a nugget to make you emerge as a more confident version of yourself, because then it literally doesn't matter you could wear drab, frum- frumpy clothes if that's what yeah, makes yeah, you happy. Yeah, yeah. But it's how you show up. It's whether you're making eye contact, it's whether you're standing up straight or you're slumped over, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I've been, yes. I've been busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like it. it sounds like that. <laughs> 2020 lockdown has given space for things.
0: It has definitely done that. Um, so, yeah. Um,
1: but then I'm thinking, you know we've got clear and we've got real. But as you said, right at the start, we need to take action. We need to make things happen.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of funny. i did I did coach training um, with Tony through Tony Robbins Coach Training Institute and became a certified um, strategic intervention coach. But it's kind of funny because Tony is very famous for saying, you got to take massive action, you know, and he's larger than life too, and really high energy, which I actually love about him. But he's like, you've got to follow it up with massive action. (laughs) And I don't, I don't agree. Like, I really feel like just take small steps. Massive action is great. Like, you know, as a ballet dancer, which was my first iteration in life um, as an adult, you know we we love the grand jetés and the big leaps but there's so much power in the small steps in the in-between where you're breathing through the music you know yes. and I really feel like <clears throat> whether you're thinking about it as the tortoise and the hare or you know the old Aesop's fable or you're thinking about it um, as you know slow and steady wins the race however you want to think about it like do what works for you. If you're able to take good big leaps and that's what, you know, or massive action, and yes. that's what works for you, awesome. But don't think because you can't do that or your schedule doesn't permit that or your state of mind doesn't permit that, that you can't do it. It's small steps. Feel the energy of one small step and then take another one and feel the energy of that one and take another one.
1: Yeah. I love what you said when we were talking before we went live about, you know, wearing different underwear even, you know, yeah and <laughs> right. put on like, you know, spotty knickers or something, you know, which you would yeah. normally do just because that gives you energy.
0: Yes. And it's literally just do one thing and start with that. You know, if you never wear lipstick, wear a lipstick. You don't have to go red like I, like I love to do, but do, do wear a little gloss or put on a pair of, you know, polka dot undies. You, you, no one else will even know that they're there. (laughs) I guess, unless you want them to, but you know, no one else needs to even know Mm -hmm. if you wear, wear a bold print, even if you need to throw a, a jacket on over it to, to calm it down because you don't usually wear prints, just have a go. Give it a try, you know, start with one thing, do one thing that scares you, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to jump out of a plane, doesn't have to be anything that dramatic. But then, you know, other things like um, make eye contact with people. Mm -hmm. You know, you're literally changing how people see you and what they think of you when you make good eye contact with them. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, people that are trying to hide tend to avert their eyes. You know, you want to make eye contact with them. Lots of smiling, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You're changing the message. It's completely free. You're changing the message of the way people feel about you. And you're changing the way you feel about yourself. Of course. Of course. So it's ridiculously easy to trick your brain. It is not that smart.
1: No, no, no. Your, br- your brain picks up on very small messages, doesn't it? It you know? does. It yes. does smiling walking a bit taller
0: yep. um, I've post- I have post-it notes all over my house and on the back on the bathroom mirror everywhere you know there's there's post-it notes that remind me of how I want to feel and when I feel like I've you know gotten accustomed to them I move them around or I write different ones but it's you're, you're setting your brain you're, you're changing your mindset and you don't even think that you see it but your brain is still picking it up
1: Yes. And and then every time you do it, isn't there a little shift? There's a little, yes. And then you repeat it and repeat it till that becomes your normal way to be. And what you did in the past is kind of fades with time.
0: Yes. And I can tell you, I can tell you from my own experience that that definitely works. It definitely works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not to say that you're not, going to have you know days where you feel less confident or you may even experience anxiety and depression you know and things like that but you know how to you can't control what shows up challenges and things will show up you can control what you do with it yes you know
1: yes definitely
0: yeah.
1: definitely that's very very true that's sort of the little steps forward i love that so we get real. Oh, my dog. <laughs> you get real, you, you get clear, get real, you take action, even if that's small steps. Yeah. Where do we head to at the end of the action, or is the action, you know, the the thing?
0: Well, ideally you it it's kind of like a, a cycle. I mean you kind of you wanna and there's there is another book coming, so there is a sequel. Um, It's already written. It's waiting in the wings. But we want to give this one her day because this is really the first layer. So if we think about, you know, um, healing and moving into new stages, this is definitely the first layer. And I want everyone to kind of, you don't even need to do these steps or, you know, these chapters necessarily in order. If you even do one or two of them, you're going to see Positive changes in your life. I, I designed the book that way so that if you only do one or two of these chapters, they're standalone bits that will change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, there is a new, there is another book uh, waiting in the wings. Then we we add the next layer. So there's a chapter in that book called the cognitive dissonance problem. Yes, yes. you have one, yes. um, and that talks <laughs> about how you know you've done the work in this book to adopt new beliefs, but you may feel some resistance, you may feel some, you know, backsliding a little bit, and it may just be because your old beliefs are fighting with your new beliefs, you know, and things like that. So there, in the next book, we'll, we'll add more layers, but the whole, like I said before, the whole purpose of the book is hope and connection. And if you even do a couple of the chapters in this one, I think that you'll really feel hopeful and I think that we'll really feel connected and you will have what you need to then start looking for your your tribe, your tribe of people who are like-minded and that is what you want to do. No one gets through this thing called life alone, right?
1: No. No one. No. And I think that's why you, you in this middle of, so many women are changing their friendships, changing their, their jobs. Right. Sometimes changing their partners, you know, that kind of can happen so much because we're we're becoming somebody else in in many ways. We're becoming a new version of ourselves. And if we consciously do that through working with a book like yours, then some of these things will come up for for people. And if they can do that without huge amounts of pain, because sometimes that transition has quite painful for, for, for women, then, yes. then this you is, tribe. A, yeah. you need a tribe, you need a new group of friends. And sometimes they just appear, don't they? They sort of come, you attract them subliminally.
0: I, I think that that, I a hundred percent agree with you. When you start to change yourself, your new people show up and, and the ones, you know, cause I talk about in the one chapter, what and who needs to go, but the ones that need to go start to become uncomfortable with you. Yes. You know, they're not comfortable with this new you, new phase, you know, new confidence. Uh, and that's okay. That's okay. Yep. Remember, we're not we're not taking care of everybody in this phase. We're <laughs> taking care of us. Yes. And so I, I want people to feel empowered and I want them to keep going. And so you asked me, where do we go? If you finish this book, where do you go? And yes, there is another one coming. But I think what you'll find is that it takes a little bit of time. So it just when like when you work out, it takes time to build up those muscles. Well, it's the same with becoming really good at the things that this book teaches you. And some of the chapters may not resonate with the reader at the time that they read it, but then you do a little bit of the work in some of the chapters, and then later on you're like, oh, now I know what she was talking about in that one, and they maybe hopefully we'll go back to it. Or, you know, just go through it and maybe when they read it the first time, not a lot resonates because it's not the right time. I think we we do things when it's the right time. We either are forced into a tipping point or we step into a tipping point. Yes. And I don't want anyone reading this and being like, yeah, I can't really identify with this right now. Keep the book, put it on your bookshelf, and you know it's there if it resonates with you at some point later on. Which um, I think but often does when we're because... Right.
1: We are changing so much physiologically in this phase right. of our life that it almost, in its own way, tips us into changing. Uh, exactly, and and there comes a time when we're we're looking. It's like something really changes. I, I and it's strange because it's it's deeper than just our biology, but it's, yeah, I think yeah, really, I think I can see that in nearly every woman that I work with, that there is a real shift for them and if they find a new path and they've got good guidance and we're onto a whole new world of being more confident uh, very very different how we show up in the world
0: right the thing that i find and i've i've found this with my clients and with my own journey as well though is that once you start that process of working on yourself and feeling better about yourself you want to just keep going and you want more information and you know the the work kind of perpetuates itself because you want to do more. Like I feel really good. What can I do next? You know, um, and hopefully get all of your puzzle pieces in. So you just realize, okay, this is what I want my legacy to be. Um, this is this is this is how I want people to think of me. You know, this is how I want people to remember me. This is this is what I want to be known for.
1: Yes, yes, that is wonderful. Lisa, I love hearing about this new book. I'm so excited I want to get it. <laughs> Just do the exercises.
0: I appreciate that.
1: Where can readers um, or listeners uh, connect with, with you and, and get a copy of the book?:
0: They can The book is available on amazon.com, and it's also available on my website, which is www.smallsteps, the number two, Bigchange.com small steps to
1: bigchange.com. Lovely. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the passion and all this exciting work you've been doing since we spoke last.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me, Clarissa. I, I enjoy it just like I always do when I get to talk to you and that's, have a fabulous day. Thank I, you. I am very much enjoying your podcast. I absolutely love the direction that it's in now. Oh, thank you
1: so much. Well, I've loved having you on again. It's great. All right. That was so much fun for me. And I hope you enjoyed it too, having Lisa back on the show. And I really love her pragmatic approach to midlife and being able to become the woman that we're meant to be. Get clear, get real, get going. Three very small steps Big change. You can then become your most sincere, purposeful vision of yourself. And guess what? Everyone around you wins, not just you. If you've enjoyed the podcast, we're available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I would love for you to like, subscribe and share so that we can grow this community of women going through menopause and our changes of midlife. And if you're looking for more support through your menopause, then connect with me, Clarissa Christensen at clarissachristensen.com. I'd love for you to just open up a conversation with me about what matters to you and what you want help with and even what you'd like to hear more of on this podcast. Next week, I'll have another great guest inspiring us as we thrive through menopause. Until next time, go well. Saving big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th.